Well, welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you've once again joined us for online service here at the Church of Grace and Peace. I want to remind you uh, in just a minute before we get to the sermon that there are message notes that are available at graceandpeace.org. So if you're somebody that enjoys taking notes, also some of the the next steps and follow-up information will be there on the notes. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, So we're going to get to our our new sermon series. We're going to kick it off this week in just a minute. But before we do, we want to go ahead and thank God for and to pray over uh, all of the giving uh, that's been sown uh, during this last week. Those of you that will be giving uh, during this service, uh, we're so grateful for your faithfulness to the Lord and to the vision at the Church of Grace and Peace. And there is ministry that's happening online. There's ministry that happens on our campus all week long. And then there's ministry partnerships that we stand with uh, in New Jersey, uh, in the United States in different places around our country and those that are missionaries and global ministries literally in nations around the world and as we're partnering together we are seeing the kingdom of God advance all around our world and as we sow into that we get to be a part of what God is doing in all those places so let's pray and let's thank God for what he's doing uh, through our finance and through our giving and then let's thank God that he is the one who meets the needs of his people that are faithful to him so Lord we thank you so much here uh, as as we look to your kingdom advancing we're so grateful that we get to be a part of that and Lord we pray for every dollar every cent that's been sown. Lord, we do continue to ask you, as we do so often in in our services, we ask that you would cause lasting fruit. Lord, that you would cause eternal things to happen through our giving here on our campus and around the world. Lord, uh, we're grateful that your kingdom is advancing, that Jesus is being lifted up through our finance. And Father, we also thank you that it's you who told us that you are our provider and you supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory. So Lord, for those that are here uh, watching, uh, Lord, wherever there is need, wherever there is lack, Lord, we pray for you to come and bring your abundance, your supply, your breakthrough in every place where it's needed, God. We give you praise for it in advance and we pray all of this in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we begin a new series here today, uh, a series on vision, and we're going to be talking about a variety of things that relate to vision, personal vision, uh, God's vision for the local church, and then uh, we'll wrap up our series talking about God's vision for the Church of Grace and Peace. So uh, as we begin this series, as we look at vision, we're going to talk today about some common vision problems that we can have. And we need to understand that uh, vision needs a, a solid, firm foundation to be built upon. And so as we look today at some common vision problems, think about it this way. As we look out onto the landscape, as we look out onto our landscape and, and, and um, form a vision out of what we see, we have to make sure that we see things correctly and accurately. We want to make sure that that foundation is strong. Um, the Word of God tells us in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no revelation the people cast off restraint. And it says uh, the same tw- uh, twenty nine eighteen of Proverbs in the New King James, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
So vision and, and correct vision, proper vision, it's very, very important. If our vision is distorted, it's going to affect our entire lives. Think about that. That's a pretty big deal. Where we go, what we do, how we react in, in various circumstances. Hey, you, you know, I had a lot of years that I spent as a youth pastor, and whether it was youth ministry, games and activities on retreats, or maybe it was even some of the times where uh, we would be together as a youth leader team. Every year we would take a retreat. And part of that, we would do different exercises and training activities. And, and I remember one in particular where uh, we would have one person who was blindfolded. And then there was this obstacle course in front of them. And they had to listen to the other people around them in order to be able to navigate that obstacle course. And, you know, if the people standing by were too quiet, you know, that person uh, with the blindfold on, they would just sort of be staggering, sort of wandering, uh, unsure of their steps, unsure of where they were going. And maybe you've been involved in games, you know, whether it's, it's uh, hide and seek, what, what is it, uh, in the pool, Marco Polo, right? When you have your eyes closed, it's just an, an entirely different scenario than when you open them back up. And, and it certainly affects uh, the, the confidence that we walk in, uh, how we do what we do, and where we go. So even if we can see something, you know, now we're talking about when our eyes are back open, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can see clearly. And of course, we know uh, our world system is throwing things at us that, that shape a picture, that create a vision that can be very distorted. We know that the enemy is out there to rob, to steal, to kill, to destroy. So he's out there and distorting as well, right? The enemy is a master at magnifying the wrong things in our lives. You know, uh, my, my father, uh, th this is a, a pair of binoculars that belonged to my dad, and he was a, a NASCAR fan. And so he would take these binoculars to uh, some of the races, the NASCAR races. I know the Pocono track is a ginormous track. I know it's over two miles long. And so when the race cars got to the very back stretch, he would, he would hold out these binoculars so that he could see uh, the cars uh, more, more clearly. They were very, very tiny to his natural eye, but with the binoculars, he could see more clearly. Well, isn't it interesting? Sometimes the enemy will, will cause our vision uh, to be where, where it's like we're looking through these binoculars and we'll see a problem and it'll be so big and so magnified in front of us. And God is saying, take those down so you can see clearly, you know, so the enemy will, will enlarge things. It's interesting. The word tells us to magnify the Lord in Psalm 34. The enemy wants to magnify our problems and issues and, and things that are scary. So all of this I'm talking about, it, it's important that when we have vision, we need to see very clearly. So what we're going to do uh, in our time here, in, in our message here today, we're going to look at four vision problems and then we're going to uh, unfold how to remedy those problems in a couple of key areas. So, so let me first talk about the number one of our four vision problems. Uh, the first vision problem is blindness. And that's to be completely without vision. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, right? So the enemy has literally blinded us from being able to see the Lord, you know, while we're unbelievers. And then, you know, all of that blindness goes away when we get a revelation of who Jesus is and we make him Lord and Savior of our lives. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 
Jesus is, is quoting here uh, from Isaiah, uh, and, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind. It's Jesus who comes to take away our blindness, our spiritual blindness as well. And it says that he has come to set the oppressed free. So without God, people wander aimlessly through life with no purpose, no ambition, or goal or direction. Or we could say with purpose, ambition, goal, and direction that doesn't manifest anything for eternity. You know, it ought to be that every one of us, that we leave the world a better place than when we found it, that we should have our lives bring a a positive impact to the world. But if we're living only for this world, the Bible tells us eventually this is all going to be gone. You know, so the things that we want our lives to pour into, the things that we want to be vision that capture our lives are things that will last into eternity. So it was interesting, very profound. Helen Keller was asked by a reporter, and remember, she couldn't hear, she couldn't see, right? Uh, And she was asked, what could be worse than being blind? And she responded, to have sight, but no vision. That's a a sobering statement, even more so, to come from uh, Helen Keller. So, so blindness is one vision problem. A second one is nearsightedness. That's to see things in close range without difficulty. You know, so, so what does that mean from a vision for life, vision from heaven perspective? You know, we don't see things at a long distance. We live for the moment. We don't evaluate what the consequences of today's decisions will do for the future. That's living nearsighted. And that's going to cost us in the vision department. And then there's farsightedness. That's to see things at a distance without difficulty. Uh, People with farsightedness struggle seeing things up close. You know, this kind of person sees Christ as their ultimate ticket to heaven, but they don't want a relationship now. There's no connection into how I live my life today. They don't appreciate what they have right now as well. Sometimes this is called destination disease, where people are always looking out to the future, looking out to the future, never appreciating and never allowing today to really properly build uh, a better future, a future that matters for eternity. Um, There's always wanting things to be bigger and better, never content with what they have. Uh, But then we wind up then, if if we have that problem, we wind up missing the blessings that are right in front of us each and every day. And so the Word of God says that, you know, we're to be thankful for what we have Paul said he learned to be content with whatever circumstances. You know, when it comes to this this picture of farsightedness, uh, a couple of weeks ago I was at the church office and I was going to be coming home for dinner. And so I told my family that I would stop at the Chipotle restaurant, the Chipotle Ministry Outreach Center, and that we would pick up some really tasty food and that I would bring it home. And so uh, for me, I'm, I'm over 40. I, I won't tell you how much over 40. I'm just over 40. And when I got to a year or two after 40, I started needing these uh, for seeing things very up close, for reading, you know, and uh, so I got to Chipotle, and I had called the order in ahead of time, so they have um, a a shelf where the the phone ahead orders are, and there's a a small little tag that has your name on it, so it was under my daughter's name, and, uh, you know, I left my glasses in the car, so I didn't realize that until I get to the counter, and uh, I, I see all of these bags, and I can't read the tags. 
uh, because it's just little fuzzy squiggles. And so I turned to one of the workers that happened to be sitting down, and I guess they were on their, their dinner break or whatever, and I said, hey, I said, I forgot my glasses. Can, can you just uh, take a look here and, uh, and, and tell me if you see, you know, Rachel where or Rachel W on here? And immediately the girl panics, and she says, you forgot your glasses? Oh, my goodness. Should you be driving? Should we be driving you home? And, and I just, first of all, I felt like a thousand years old when she did that. And I, and I said, no, 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 love. Thank you for caring, but it's only for reading. I forgot my reading glasses. So I guess she thought I was kind of pulling a Mr. Magoo where I was driving my car and I couldn't see anything around me, you know? So there's a variety of vision problems. And I had a, a firsthand chuckle uh, with this last one that we looked at here, farsightedness. I said, don't worry. I can see the road. I can see road signs. I just can't pick up my food. Help me. And, uh, and thankfully she did. So, all right. Hey, the, the fourth vision problem that we'll look at is hindsightedness. And that's that we continually over-focus on things in the past. So this kind of person is always looking back. They're always looking back. You, you, you could say they're looking back at the past victories and how great things were. And, and that's sort of a glory days mindset and nothing today can, can match to what happened yesterday. Or they're looking at past difficulties and, you know, um, letting themselves be stuck by adverse things that had happened to them in the past. And so, you know, looking back, the, the Word of God wants us to learn from the past. The Word of God wants us to gain, you know, experience and wisdom from it. Uh, but we're not to live, you know, constantly with our head turned behind us, right? Genesis chapter 19, Lot's wife looked back after God said, don't look back, and uh, turned into a pillar of salt tells us in the word. So uh, this is, uh, here's the picture, right? Get this picture. The person driving through life only looking in their rearview mirror. Can you imagine driving down the Garden State Parkway in summer traffic only looking in your rearview mirror? How how successful are we going to be at uh, whatever is in front of us? Right, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, pretty difficult. All right, so with these four, these are four very common vision problems that we can have. And if we have these, like I said at the beginning, now we don't have a proper, uh, a, a proper firm foundation that we can build God's vision for our lives on. What God wants to do in us, what God wants to do through us. So we need to c- uh, correct these common vision problems. And I want to talk about uh, three corrections that are essential for us to build the rest of God's vision for us on. All right, so these are three corrections. So number one, <clears throat> we have to correct our vision of who God is. We have to correct our vision of who God is. And now, now let me relate this truth to these four problems that I've gone through. So I'll go through these kind of quickly. So uh, having a correct vision of who God is, let's talk about that in relationship to blindness. Many people want others to take them by the hand you know, and lead them around when it comes to knowing God and understanding who God is. And as long as the enemy can keep us out of the word of God, we're never going to see, grasp, understand, experience God's true character in nature. We can't, we can't let somebody else's experience of God, uh, be the only experience of God that we have. Yes, we learn from others. We learn from pastors and ministers and, and from, from the fivefold ministry offices that, that God has given for the church to mature and grow up. But all of those fivefold ministry offices are to equip us 
so that we can walk our own walk with God. So we need to see and experience and know God on our own. Um, we, we, we shouldn't take anybody else's word for it. Uh, the misconceptions about God that we have, the, those lies that the enemy would put in, maybe life experience that's given us a false picture of who God is, all those things will get cleared up when we get in the word for ourselves because God has given us his word to reveal himself to us. We know what God is like because of who he tells us he is in his word. And it's an incredible study for us to get to really know God through his word. Okay, then uh, knowing God, who God is as far as nearsightedness, we can't just see God as one who will bail us out of an immediate need. And come on, there's many people, many believers who live their lives where they are closest to God when they're in hot water. They're closest to God when they've gotten themselves into a mess. And God becomes the the emergency mechanism in their life. God wants far more than that for our lives. God wants a day-to-day, ongoing, consistent, long-haul relationship with us. When it comes to knowing God and farsightedness, uh, God isn't distant and far away. God literally lives inside us. When we invite him to be uh, uh, sitting on the throne of our hearts, when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, the Word of God says that God comes to dwell inside us. So God isn't far off somewhere where we have to know about God. Very, very old song, um, Bette Midler, she sang this song, and in its heyday, it was just so huge and, and um, so popular. Uh, God is watching us from a distance. It was basically what the song was all about. He's not watching us from a distance. God is near, and if you know him as Lord and Savior, he's living in your heart. So we don't want to live in a place where we're not acknowledging his nearness. There, there was a... a uh, an ancient uh, believer, uh, his name was Brother Lawrence, and he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. It's a faith classic, but he, he um, zeroes in on this whole idea of correcting this, this vision problem of being farsighted, that no, God isn't far away. He's living inside you. We have to just live in the awareness that he's there. We have to make room to listen for his voice, to allow him to give an unction on the inside, to, to nudge our hearts, to speak to our conscience, to allow that still small voice that, that, that God is speaking to allow ourselves to turn our ear so that we can hear him. So, so that's dealing with who God is and farsightedness. And then hindsightedness, you know, in regard to knowing who God is. Uh, in, in hindsightedness, we feel like we could never be as close to God as we imagine we once were. Right? Maybe you've gone through a desert. Maybe you're going through a desert right now. Maybe, maybe you'd be honest and say, you know, I'm kind of I'm backslid. I need to restore my walk with God. So many times people stay backslid far too long because they have this improper vision perspective of who God is. You know, ah, I, I can't come back to God. I got to fix myself. I have to do better first. And then they get into a works mindset. And they're, they're living by, you know, either, either I, I made too many mistakes behind me that I can't walk in who God is for the future, or uh, it was so good back then, it'll never be what it was. But, you know, the word tells us in James chapter 4, come near to God and he'll come near to you. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we look at Building a vision for our future, who God is, uh, is, is essential. We have to start with a clear understanding. Number two, we have to correct our vision of who you are. So first we got to know who God is, then we have to understand who we are. So again, let's talk about when we're blind, when we have blindness in this area. The enemy would keep us in the dark about our rights and our privileges as a child of the king. We've been adopted into God's family, and there are many great and precious promises that belong to us. The word tells us that we are royal priests, that we are a holy nation, uh, and, and, and that our lives are meant to, to display the glory of God to the world. We are literally his ambassadors. Think about the rights and the privileges that an ambassador carries as they go to another nation. Well, friend, we are citizens of a heavenly nation, of a heavenly kingdom. And on this earth, we are ambassadors to this entire world to let them know the goodness of God, the salvation and hope of God in Christ Jesus. So we, we need to not be blind. The enemy wants us to be in, in the dark to really the great precious uh, standing that we have because of Jesus. When it comes to nearsightedness, the devil wants us to keep our focus on our problems, not on the answer. You know, how, how about this, right? Just a simple exercise. If you take your hand and you put it right before your face, right this far away, man, and, and just, so this is the problem, right? You hold it really this close. It's gigantic in our view. It's, again, magnified in our view. All of a sudden you hold it away, now it's got proper perspective. You know, the enemy wants us to magnify all the wrong things. God wants us, again, magnify the right things. So we want to see things from God's perspective. Uh, I, I had the privilege years ago uh, to fulfill a, a personal bucket list dream, which was to get a private pilot license. And I can remember at one point uh, we were doing what's called a cross country. So, you know, rather than flying at our local airport, we were going to go to a place a little further away. We were flying into Pennsylvania and I knew we were going to be flying over some mountains. And uh, I just had this picture in my mind. I, I guess I'm thinking of like the, you know, the Himalayan mountains, the Alps, you know, the Rockies. And, and I, I we're in this little plane and I, I just have this picture of, of what it's going to be like flying over these, you know, majestic mountains. And as we're flying over them, we were only at a couple thousand feet. It's not like we were where the airliners fly. But we, we, I just kind of see these bumps on the ground. And I actually said to the, the instructor, because we're following from our chart, doing visual rules where, you know, you see the, 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 the ground and your chart and you're following landmarks and things like that. And I said, those are the mountains? And he said, yeah, those are the mountains. And immediately the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, see how different things are from my perspective? You know, mountains from my perspective, just little bumps in the road. You know, so the enemy wants us to see them as gargantuan, Mount Everest. God wants us to see them just little bumps in the road. All right, when it comes to farsightedness in knowing who God has made us to be, uh, some people would say, you know, um, you're not enough. You're not this. You're not that. You're only this. You're only that. You know, um, uh, hey, uh, you'll have to get more experience before you could ever be used of God. Whatever, whatever would be something the enemy would use to delay you walking out who God's caused you to, called you to be right now.
That's what we need to understand, a far-sighted problem. I, I can remember one time um, working at a restaurant and looking out the window, dreaming of the day that I could get to do ministry. And the Lord reminded me in the moment, and when I say get to do ministry, I knew I had a calling for vocational ministry. You know, I was going to be stepping into pastoring. And I remember I just, just kind of standing there feeling like it was a million miles away. And the Lord had to remind me, hey, you've got wrong vision here. You've got farsightedness. I've got things I want to do through you right now. And you're missing those things because you're not seeing who you are. You're a minister now. Not, not after you're done with school and, and you're a pastor. You're a minister of the gospel now. You're my ambassador now. So God had to correct my vision. And then, of course, uh, hindsightedness. People think because of their past failures, their past mistakes, that they can't accomplish anything in the present. And remember, you know, from God's perspective, failures, mistakes, those are things that, that God will use as experience in our lives to be able to not only uh, learn and have greater understanding, but those things will be connection points for other people, uh, and we can help them get past their mistakes and failures as well. All right, now, the last area that we're going to look at here is correcting your vision of where you're going. So pretty simple stuff, right? Correcting our vision of who God is, who God has made us to be, and our vision of where we're going. See how, as we prepare to build God's vision on top of it, these three things got to be sorted out, and we have to have correct vision when it comes to them. We can't be blind, we can't be farsighted, we can't be nearsighted, and we can't be hindsighted. So let's talk about this now uh, in this area of where you're going. When somebody's blind, no, no sense of purpose, no sense of direction you know, but uh, God tells us he's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. For anybody who, who's uh, you know, right now saying, I have no sense of purpose, start with where you are right now. What are, what are the gifts and the strengths that God has placed inside you, and what has God put in your hands? What relationships, what opportunities, what is in your life right now that you could allow God to give purpose to? Right, He says, whatever work we do, even the most mundane thing, for us to do it as worship unto him, for us to do that to glorify him. You know, that we're, we're living epistles for the world to read. You know, so wh whatever's going on in your life right now, if you feel like there's a grander purpose, okay, there may be a grander purpose that'll come down the road, but God wants to use right now uh, to be a part of him building vision as you move forward. He'll give you direction out of saying, all right, Lord, here's what's in my hands. I will steward what you've given me now. Nearsightedness, uh, <laughs> that, can you just imagine how far does a person get if they just walk around staring at their feet? right? So the person who is just so wrapped up in, in where they're in now needs to turn around and say, all right, what is God's bigger picture? And if we can recognize in the now that God has eternal things, that God has promotion, that God has opportunity, things he wants to unfold, uh, we'll correct the vision problem in this area. Farsightedness is, I don't need to plan or prepare for the future. I'll just do it tomorrow. But, you know, Proverbs, you know, says, hey, that's kind of a sluggard attitude. You know, we really want to take each day and live that day. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. But we want to live each day as unto the Lord. We want to put our effort into whatever, whatever the day shapes up to be. You know, to, to, to do it as unto him. And listen to Proverbs chapter 6. Go to the ant, you slugger, and consider its way 
its ways and be wise. It has no commander or overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and it gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. So Proverbs here is really talking about, you know, hey, put effort into today. Don't have a I'll do it tomorrow attitude. Whatever today is supposed to be given to. If today is a day given to rest and Sabbath, then let's be fully in and fully on board. If today is a day where, uh, you, you know, I've got things to do at home. If today is a family day, if today is a work day, it's a ministry day. Uh, or, and, and of course, ministry is woven throughout all of our days as we walk with the Lord. But just the idea is, is to, to not have an idea of, hey, tomorrow I'll get started, but to have an idea of, hey, today matters. Now, now as a uh, hindsightedness when it comes to where we are and where we're going. Here's the big nugget. Don't let your past dictate your future. And again, I say that for both positive and negative. You know, uh, oftentimes championship teams that win, whether it's the World Series or the Super Bowl, a lot of times it's, it's, it's uncommon that they win two years in a row or that they have any kind of a dynasty of winning because a lot of times they're so wrapped up in the success that just happened that they're not continuing to chart a course into the future. Or the other side of this is somebody has a, a failure or a mistake that happens in the past and now they let that determine their future. A mentor of mine said this, history will be kind to me because I'm writing it. And of course, the, 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 the caveat there, the assumption, the understanding is I'm writing it with God's help. With the lordship of Christ in my life, I am writing my future and it's going to continue to be a good one because I'm not letting what's behind me determine my future. I'm going to run the race that God has in front of me. So hey, as we start to, to wind down here, uh, last uh, fill-in that you have in your note sheets. The most accurate vision in life is through Jesus Christ. That ultimately is going to be where all healthy, corrected vision is going to come from. Uh, so the, the Word of God tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 to 7, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He'll make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Great, great verse talking about, hey, the Lord is going to direct our steps. He's going to give us vision. When we understand who he is, when we understand who he's made us to be, and we have a picture of where we are and where we're to be going, we can just trust him with our lives. He's going to unfold it. He's going to make it something we can all figure out. Amen. So, hey, great, great place for us to start building this foundation. You have some next steps uh, that, that are available to you uh, on your notes there. just want to look at a couple of them here as we get ready to close. Uh, have you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Have you invited him to sit on the throne of your heart to be Lord and Savior? It's one thing to believe he's Lord and to believe he's the Christ, it's another thing to say, and now in light of that truth, I make him my Lord. If you haven't done that, there'll be opportunity uh, uh, on, on our webpage, uh, graceandpeace.org, uh, to invite Christ in your heart. And I encourage you to do that today if you've not done so. If you need to rededicate your life, get back on track with him, let today be the day you do that. Remember, that's the starting place for all clear, healthy, sustainable vision to come from in our lives. Um, now, I 
I've, I've given you some questions to reflect in your notes. Uh, here, here's a next step that you can take. Discuss these questions with a family member, uh, a friend, or a brother or sister in Christ. Talk through some of these things to get a handle on are there any places where you're having uh, vision problems, where there needs to be vision correction uh, in, in your life in any of these key three areas, who God is, who you are, where you are, and where you're going? Uh, and then another action step is to set t- some time to pray and journal this week asking God for fresh vision. If you're saying, man, I, I don't know that I have any vision right now, maybe set some time, journal, what is God speaking to you, giving him chan- a chance to speak on these things. And then we open the message with Proverbs 20. 918 to memorize that verse without a vision God's people perish without revelation God's people will cast off restraint so those are just a handful of next steps that you can take to to, uh, walk out this this message and to see yourself postured so that God can give you vision to, to where you can run that race that he's called for you so that when you stand before him, so that when we stand before him someday, we can look back on how we ran and say, Lord, I wasn't perfect, but Lord, I have no regrets. Let's pray as we close. Father, we thank you so much for your great love for us and that in Jesus, we have purpose. In Jesus, there is vision for our lives. Lord, I I pray for each person that's listening, each person who's watching now. Lord, I pray that you would open ears to hear you, open eyes to see you. Any place where there is blindness in vision, nearsightedness, farsightedness, hindsightedness in vision, Lord, we ask that you would come and correct those vision problem areas. And Lord, specifically when it comes to, to knowing you and who you are, to knowing who we are in you, and Lord, for knowing where we are and where we're going, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lead us in those areas that we would run the race that you've called us to run. God, I thank you for it. Thanks for working through this message in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and I'm cheering you on.